Well, I'm just going to let it run, and then yeah. we'll see. We'll decide where it actually officially starts based upon how boring it is <laughs> to this be This podcast on is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Why do so, you want to do this? Well, I think we had, we've talked about it for a long time, and like everything we do, we talk about it for a long time. <laughs> uh, and then eventually we either do it. I like to plan. Well, yeah, we either do it or we uh, forget it and we move on to talking about something else. But um, I think we realized that uh, I don't think either one of us, I don't know, we, maybe we've never talked about this, but I had this thought. Neither one of us are journalers. Like we don't sit down mm-hmm. and do like a dear diary or, you know, today I did this or today this happened. No, um, I tried that for a minute when I was younger. Yeah, so maybe maybe for me it's a little bit of like, well, I know we're an important like moment in our life and our um, ministry and marriage and kids, and we haven't done a whole lot of recording the uh, the present moment, and so why not do it in this format? Throw it down on some tape and see what happens. <laughs> train wreck (laughs) yeah i know that look (laughs) well it's not the worst idea we've ever had (laughs) it's one of them Uh, at the moment i can't think of a worse one we had (laughs) well i mean i can think of at least three different businesses that you wanted to buy true but those are the conversations we talked and then we stopped talking about because probably because you said no (laughs) that's usually how it goes I just thought it was funny that those all came up while you were like, let's revitalize a church and raise three teenagers and have acres of property and buy a couple of businesses. It'll be fine. So, yeah, a podcast seems like the lesser of all the evils for sure. Yeah, it takes a couple minutes and get, get some talking. And we're like you say, we're already we already process by talking to one another, probably mostly in the car. Mm-hmm. And if we just pause on that for a day or two, we've got plenty in the hopper to pull some mics up and do it. So I yeah. guess that's probably that's probably the gist of it. Um, and a lot is going on right now. So I think, at least at the moment, there's there's things we could talk about. Mm-hmm. Not bad things, just a lot of things. Feels yeah. feels encompassing and and heavy, and there's just there's no shortage. Between church and home and relationships and all of the in between. Well, that, I mean, even more so today for you, right? You're <laughs> bouncing from one thing to the next. So. Yes, some days are like that. I am very grateful that I get to spend most of my time working from home. But when I do have meeting days, then I have meeting days. And that's probably one feature of our our lives that are that that's a little bit unique in that we have some alignment in what we're doing mm-hmm. um, you're not going off to do a completely different job or industry than I am you're mm-hmm. and so we we a lot of what we're talking about or communicating or planning is um, in the same ballpark at least you working for the district and me working at a local church mm-hmm. There's some partnering, there's some alignment for sure, but there's still enough kind of variation between what, for lack of a better term, is yours and mine, 
where there's there's plenty to have to sort through still and lots of crossover because we have separate skill sets. There are things that you are much better at that I pull you in on and same goes. So what did you want to talk about today? Why am I in the uh why am I in the principal's office here? <laughs> and uh, No, I think um well, I think there's a few things going on right now that are probably top of mind. Mm-hmm. Um we are in the middle of teaching a marriage class. We're not really teaching, we're facilitating a marriage class and discussion. Yes. Um and yeah. How do you think that has been going, or what are some of the things, the highlights that that you've taken away from that? That definitely is one of the top of mind things for me, too. Um, I was at a lunch earlier, and we were, the person I was with, we were both discussing in different situations within marriage and kids and in different relationships, and I'm always sort of struck with how haphazardly at least in our culture how how folks just sort of (laughs) meander their way into these most important relationships of their life and then I mean then things get real and all of a sudden you look up and there's this big mess of a sinful human you're attached to and there's just not I don't think the church has always done a great job of supporting that I don't think the church has done a great job teaching on it. And I, I don't I don't think I, I don't know, I don't think folks do a great job of reaching out for it. It seems like one of those things it's very like Hollywood-esque in our brain, like it's just supposed to happen. We're just supposed to love each other and that's natural and that's easy and it's you know, soulmates and all that crap. Well, I mean, some of that, though, I mean, doesn't that connect to some of the things we've been discussing, which are when you go into a marriage relationship, for instance, and you say something like, you know, it's a it's a love relationship or marriage is about love. Um, If your definition of love is self-centered, if it if it's about what do I get, if that is your definition of love, you know, it's like I want to receive Love, and that's what you mean by being in a love relationship. I'm in this marriage so that I could receive love from this other person, mm-hmm. uh, and then you define what all that looks like for yourself or what you want to receive. Uh, you've you've already well, you screwed the whole thing up, right? You've <laughs> you've already um, tainted the waters. Well, yeah, you've you've um, mis uh, misdefined <laughs> the uh, I don't know is misdefined a word? No, sure. <laughs> You've defined wrongly <laughs> the uh, the whole concept of love. Uh, if you're not if you're not entering a marriage um, uh, because you want to model complete and absolute self sacrifice for another person to see God making them all that He you know, intends to make that, then you're in the wrong relationship or you're in the wrong uh, you're in the wrong realm of what love is all about at least at least what a biblical love is obviously there's a cultural love and that is that more consumer transactional model Mm -hmm. of what do i get out of this Um, that's what i'm in for and so yeah it uh i think that's part of the waking up is when you when you look up and you go oh you know 
um, you said this, you know, sinful person that I'm staring at or looking at in this marriage. Stuck from, with, attached uh, to. <laughs> well, from, yeah, from the sinful perspective that I probably came into it and mm-hmm. two centers, yeah. um, trying to make something good out of... Uh, trying, something messy. Like you start well, with the yeah. messy and then... And maybe not even try to, to make some good. Good, try to make some yeah. good for themselves out of it. Uh-huh. That's a, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and there's so much that plays into that. There's there's so much context of like you you just don't know. I think we were in um, we were leading a discussion group maybe a couple of weeks ago in marriage class and listening to um, other folks explain how their personal experiences or marriages that they saw when they were kids, like how that helps to kind of influence and, and sort of contextualize what you think this relationship is supposed to look like for better or worse. And it, it, half that, you don't even know what you're coming in with really. Like we tend to think, Oh, it's a blank slate. I know, you know, for myself, I know that I didn't have great examples. So blank slate, no one's a blank slate. It's not a thing. It's not real. No, and I think we we both had had uh, plenty to share in that regard about the examples and models and how those affected mm-hmm. you know all, all the models around you know that positive and negative, right? Yeah. Well, and then I mean, so you come in kind of a mess, haphazard with all sorts of weird expectations and often self-focused with either terrible or or really kind of self-indulgent examples that you get like that you see around and then the only like as far as my experience has been over the last I don't know 25 30 years in the church has been like you hear the majority of the teaching is about roles in marriage but that's not done well or often biblically Um, and and that's about where it ends and so you take this really important relationship and you boil it down to a piece of what it's supposed to look like and get that wrong and then say good luck everyone yeah yeah we we um we were talking on our way to one of those marriage classes about the um, the idea within the church culture of um, something to the effect of if you if you want to bump in attendance you want to you mm-hmm. want to grow your you know you you want a season of growth in your church then a surefire way is to launch a Sunday morning sermon series on marriage right and to me that just that just speaks to what you're talking about that. Church hasn't done well addressing it, and people are hungry for it, not just in the church, but all in this world. They're hungry for it, like, how, how do we make this, this train wreck work? How do we pick up these yeah. pieces? How do we, how do we um, repair what's broken? Uh, and, and the truth is, for a, lo- a lot of the marriage sermon series that I've listened to myself, uh, then... The church does it just for the sake of growth, yeah, pragmatically, it and really it's just help. full of fluffy garbage. <laughs> and in the end, people may feel better, but 
they're not really mm-hmm. helped, right? And so I think that's one of the reasons why we really liked The Meaning of Marriage by Tim and Kathy Keller. It's yeah. because it's so much about what is at work behind the scenes and what um, what the purpose and uh, um, reason or essence of marriage. I think these are some of the chapters, the purpose, the essence, the meaning of marriage. What mm-hmm. is the theology or doctrine behind at work behind marriage that fills marriage, a Christian marriage with meaning mm-hmm. um, and allows for each one of the partners to work uh, for the good of the other, but independent of uh, needing the other's, uh, I guess, uh, full and 100% all the time, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It's like I, I, the role is I know, I know who I am and I know what this is all about. And so whether I'm the man or the woman, I'm going to do what this is all about. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, play my part because it's not just about my giving or their receiving, but it's also about God's glory and what mm-hmm. it means um, for, for his glory and for his, his goodness to shine in this earth when you get pulling the Ephesians passage and, mm-hmm. and all about marriage. Which is necessary. I mean, you're my favorite person in all the land. And that's even the, still... That's what the sticky note on my computer says. <laughs> but even still, if you need something bigger. But it all... It makes me think of... Um, or this whole sort of line of conversation makes me think about the current sermon series that we're in on Sunday morning. And I think there was something you said this last week about how, um, you know, the blessed are whatever for theirs, whatever, right? There's like the blessed are statements and then there's a word for it. Macarism. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mangle that word. But how each of those are already filled with meaning and we don't get to fill them. Like we don't get to determine or define what they are. And I think marriage is one of those things that we've all sort of come to and and for sure it's super prevalent. I know I've said the word culture, I don't know how many times now, but it's very prevalent around us. If you look around, marriage legitimately means something different to everyone. And we have signs and posters and marches and laws saying, no, marriage can mean this. No, marriage can mean that. Like, how dare you define what my marriage is supposed to be? And all of that plays into how we come in. Like, it it doesn't, it isn't presented to us, I think, until you really dig into the theology of what marriage is supposed to be. But it, it just isn't presented as something that has a very clearly defined right or wrong, yes or no, black or white mm-hmm. explanation. It's it's shown as something that's much more fluid. Mm-hmm. And therein lies our problem. Well, yeah, you mentioned, you know, having the... I, I think of when, when you talk about marriage, you know, but... There, there, are, there are two human partners in marriage, but there is a third strand, if you want to use that analogy, a third strand at work within a marriage, and that is the author and creator of marriage, but he's also an active participant, and he's, what he has joined together, let no, no one um, tear apart or, or pull apart. Um, and that, Some of them say pull asunder. Yeah, pull asunder. <laughs> I swear it does. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth is asunder? I'm about to search it just to see if I'm crazy. <laughs> Carry on. 
yeah, but so this this um, uh, this display of God's glory here on earth through marriage, uh, this display of uh, or or uh, uh, imaging of Christ in the church and. Uh, this uh, metaphor of, of Christ in the church and, and uh, how he lays his life down f- for her and, and washes her with the water of the word and cleanses her and presents her to himself you know, as a radiant bride and, and all of these things. like That, that partnership, it really does, um, I guess, push back against the, the current social and, and cultural moment mm-hmm. that says um, not just we get to define our marriage, but I get to define my marriage. Like, the, yes. Like not, it's not even the two of us. It's, nope. it's, uh, you know, even I think there was a, a part in the book or maybe it was in the videos that go along with the meaning of marriage, but it was like talking about people who want to, um, you know, uh, they want, they want to be married, but they don't want to be changed. Right. I think that was something that one of the reasons, top reasons men uh-huh. wanted out of marriage is, like, I, I, want, to, I want to be in marriage, yeah. but I don't want them to change me, change who I am. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that um, that just misses the point of what uh, even that metaphor is used in Ephesians where it says, no, he's laying his life down. He's washing for the purpose of presenting a blameless, a holy bride. And so, I, mm-hmm. I mean, that's always that's the one part of the meaning of marriage that has always stuck out to me is the making your spouse holy that's that's one of your primary or main objectives in marriages you're you're participating with god in the sanctification process of marriage did you find out what asunder i did find out what asunder means and when the last time in this universe it was ever used (laughs) other than right here so asunder let's see you see, asunder comes from the verb sunder, which means to break apart oh, or to become parted, yeah. disunited, or severed. Not crazy like that exactly. So what does asunder mean? So severed? Yeah. Um, that not? is asunder. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't even remember how you used it. <laughs> yeah, point in time. but it... I like I mean I think that that idea of of holiness and the responsibility that you have for your spouse's holiness especially coming from a female perspective where um I feel like a broken record where marriage just wasn't taught well and where the female role was very much like you just Sit there. And I want to be actually quiet. ask you something about that. So you've mentioned that a couple of times. Taught well. Like what would, like if we're resetting, looking to the future, we're looking mm-hmm. about future generations. We're looking at our three kids who are all unmarried yeah. at the moment. Um, but we would hope, we would hope for them that they would live a life of marriage unless God has, you know, gifted one of them or or some of them with singleness. What, what would that look like? Teaching well. Yeah, what does what does that look like in in a like a practical context of, uh, and and I guess some of it I I wonder like I wonder where you you know I'm using you as an example and in, in mm-hmm. me like where we were at at the time were we even listening, <laughs> you know what I mean were we even listening to what folks were saying, maybe the maybe the process needed to start a lot earlier than once we had found each other. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I'm thinking back on on marriage conferences and teachings, and 
a lot on how folks that that taught those things actually lived and functioned. And um, so, are you saying the teaching was good, but the life, the lived example was was with the breakdown? Nope, I don't think much of it was. Like, I think there were aspects. Both was the breakdown. <laughs> they should have shut the bad. mouth and disappeared. <laughs> no. Like, I think there were aspects of the teaching that were correct. Broken clock, right? Twice a day. day. (laughs) But it it never... It never... um, When I look at marriage now, when I look at roles now, when I look at things biblically, right? Because I fully have to admit that for sure 20 years ago when I was you know, in some of those situations and the conferences and the whatever. It's like I came from a background that was very, woohoo, girl power. And so the idea of submission or or honoring your husband, like we had this conversation uh, when the boys were little, when I was like, I don't even know what, what the, what is the dad supposed to do? Like dads don't do anything. There, some of it was Fine. for sure. I'm telling you from back in the day, from my perspective, because of how I was raised and, and the context that I was coming from, I didn't, I'm I didn't sure have I, an I blew accurate your mind. That was a marvel. <laughs> you, you sat with your mouth open going, wow. Okay. Now I know. My eyes have seen the Lord. <laughs> or uh, no, I'm very I grateful. I fed into that I'm a little bit. I'm very grateful for the life that our boys have known. I am very grateful for the familial experience that they have and that they just think it's normal. I'm super glad about that. But all that to say, I recognize that I wasn't like, like mentioned earlier, I didn't come in as a blank slate. I came in with sort of preconceived ideas. And so just, you know, the word submission was offensive to begin with. Um, but much more so, I think, coming from this side of the gospel and this side of the scripture to to have a better handle on the completion of one another that was intended, to have a better handle on kind of the Genesis 2. And here was man in the midst of the garden, walking with the Lord, um, Right after creation, we've gone through one thing after another in creation. We see all through Genesis 1, it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good, it was very good. And then all of a sudden there's man, and it's not good that he's alone. And all of this is before the fall, this is before sin. And this is when the Lord says, wait a minute, he needs a helper suitable. And Keller gets into this, I don't know if it's in this, I don't remember if it's in the book or if it was in one of his marriage sermon series, but it's that idea of completion, one for another. It's it's not, there's nothing demeaning about it. There's nothing um, like second-class citizen <laughs> about it. And if understood correctly on both sides, you know, there there's nothing um, similar to today's culture either. So it's not here's the woman who's a doormat or here's the guy who's dumb as a box of rocks, right? You have kind of the two, yeah, the, the, the full spectrum the commercials of, that the, run during. <laughs> of 
the assumed biblical perspective that folks rail about, or the very real cultural perspective that we see in TV and movies, and and the truth is neither. And so, for me, getting to what actually is spoken, getting to what the rules actually look like, has been hugely freeing, and is... I don't know. It's just, it's a whole other conversation. I was going to say, you probably, you probably need to, we'll push that button later about what do you mean by submission and what have you come to? Because I think that alone is loaded. Oh, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah. And people are, you know, would hear that immediately go, um, well, immediately interpret through their understanding of it or wonder if you found some magical pill to swallow to, get some new understanding of it I'm but not yeah that no. Great. <laughs> no but no. i think i think I, I love the the kind of weighed approach of um, the bible does say this and god commands this of of the man and he does mm-hmm. say this and he commands this of the woman and yet these uh, these commands are predicated upon the filling of the holy spirit mm-hmm. the activity of the holy spirit within each of them as children of god as citizens of the kingdom and this desire uh, as citizens and children to please the Lord by honoring him. And so then you see this outworking of a very healthy model of what that could look like. Mm-hmm. I love the idea, you know, I, I've, I've heard this multiple times, but, you know, the idea of submission as it, it cannot be demeaning. It cannot mm-hmm. be. Not in its truest form because Jesus submitted himself mm-hmm. to the Father's will unto death, you know, by his own choice he was not forced. He was not dragged. He didn't go kicking and screaming. He wasn't like, oh, come on. You know, are you serious? Yep. I'm oppressed or anything like that. He, he, uh, he went. <laughs> he went. <laughs> sound like a 15-year-old. <laughs> yeah, every time um, I tell him to do his chores. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, uh, you know who, who being in very nature God did not consider Equality, Equality with, with God, God something, something to be, to be held fast to or, mm-hmm. or grasp or clawed for. Um, but he submitted himself, you know, to the to uh, to all that he went through and, and ultimately the will of the Father to um, to become that atoning sacrifice. And so I, I guess that just really yeah. elevates the whole the whole idea of submission to. Uh, uh, it's a willful choice, right? And it, it may be a command, but it still is an individual there's, choice. Yeah, there's nothing powerless about it. And the whole time with Christ, I mean, I think he tells Peter when Peter gets all gung-ho, I'm going to cut off a dude's ear in the garden. And Jesus says essentially, don't you know? I could have, what is it, yeah. 12 legions of angels here. Um like there was no lack of power on Christ's behalf. And even more so when it comes to marriage, I, I think the the like, oh, that just shifts everything around is when you recognize that sure, wives are given that command, but there is nothing in the guy's responsibility. Like there's no there's no giving of them to make her submit. There's nothing on their part where they're supposed to make her do one thing or another. Like any amount of submission she offers is a choice. And I don't know. 
that just changes everything. Certainly from from uh, the kind of stereotypical view. And, and we say stereotypical, but some of that has been fed into by, um, you know, the more fundamentalist side of, mm-hmm. of uh, um, uh, preaching on these scriptures that, that take what they say and then draw all sorts of implications that simply are not in the text. Um, and unfortunately, you see the result of that in a lot of those mm-hmm. uh, those those church organizations or, or denominations. You see the stories flood out of um, abuse and uh, oppression and all kinds of things. And so mm-hmm. uh, we don't see the glory and the radiance that mm-hmm. the Scripture promises with the right kind of um, leadership and, and submission. We see the opposite, and so you know you'll know a tree by its fruit, and that mm-hmm. that's obviously not it. But it appears that you know if we believe and trust Scripture, that there is a way, yeah, that is right to the Lord. There is a way yeah. that is good in His eyes, and if we were to walk in it, then we would see good fruit out of it, uh, even if it's. Counter, I was going to say countercultural, but I feel like every time we say culture, we should have one of those little dings, you know, like Where you a like counter, like ding, double click ding, on it, and then ding. here's a hyperlink, and let's actually talk about what we. Well, mean. no, every time I say culture, I feel like we've said it a hundred <laughs> times, and so we should have a counter of how many times yeah, you say maybe. the word culture, or maybe we need a thesaurus. Maybe we do a thesaurus. Nope. It's the only way that I can remember how to spell it when I put it into the <laughs> Google's. Into the Googles. Into the Googles. I'm, uh, I'm like, what's that dinosaur's name? Thesaurus. Oh, my word. Thesaurus. Well, if anyone wondered how old you were. Hey, you've got more to do today, and so we're going to wrap it. But, um, yeah, we'll see if we ever push record again. <laughs> Everyone says no. No. 